It's got a soul, this hero farm. It falls asleep inside my arms. We walk the fields under the stars. For love is here in Goldshaw Farms. Welcome to Goldshaw Farm. I'm your host, Morgan Gold. On each episode of our podcast, we bring you stories of people who are homesteading, farming, and chasing their dreams. And for today's episode, we're going to be doing something a little bit different again. Uh, There's no guest. It's just me. And I'm going to be telling you guys a story about something that happened here on our farm. So sit back, pop some popcorn if you're so inclined, and uh, here it goes. So here on our farm right now, we are in the process of hatching out a number of baby ducklings. They are being hatched naturally, which means that I'm not using an incubator. I'm just letting the mama ducks sit on top of the ducklings for, or I should say the duck eggs, for about 28 days. And we've got little babies hatching. I've got uh, right now four mama ducks who are acting really broody and have been sitting on piles of eggs that are ranging in time from about 15 days to about 29, 30 days. So far, we've had uh, two ducklings hatch um, all the way. And and it's been kind of exciting to see new life being birthed here on the farm. Um, These ducks were the children of my original ducks that I got here on the farm uh, a year ago, or a little bit over a year ago, I should say. Um, You know, it's it's amazing to me just how far uh, we've come and just this birth of this next generation of, of ducks is kind of a milestone for us. You know, I can think back to May of 2018 when I was actually at a farewell party for my my previous job and I was leaving Washington, D.C. and I was talking to my soon-to-be former colleagues about what I wanted to do next and why I was moving to Vermont and why I was moving to this farm and, and all the plans that I had for the farm. And, and in those conversations, I would always go into the idea that, yeah, you know, one of the things I want to do is, is raise ducks. And, and the reason that I, I decided I wanted to raise ducks is because ducks are, for a couple of reasons, I guess I should say, ducks are, number one, maybe first and foremost, just a really hysterical animal. I, I like the way they walk. I like the way they talk. They're just kind of funny personalities. They are um, much more um, personable, I think, than animals like chickens. I always find that the sharp beaked nature of a chicken is is always so... I don't know, aggressive to me versus the round, flat bill of a duck is so much more, I don't know, chill and friendly. And so just from a personality standpoint, I always like ducks. But then I also saw a real business opportunity with ducks because there weren't a lot of people in our area raising ducks and duck eggs and duck meat could command more of a premium when I was selling them versus, say, chicken eggs. I mean, around here, everybody has chickens. Everybody's got uh, layers, giving them fresh eggs. You can buy a carton or a dozen of, of eggs for about three bucks a, bot, a carton. You know, it's it's really cheap. And, and I knew that that would be a poor farming business to try to get into. And so I figured, why not go a little bit upscale and go a little bit premium and, and try raising uh, ducks for eggs? You know, duck eggs are, are one of those premiums. And, you know, as I was sitting at that party, that farewell party in D.C., everybody was like, wow, that's such a smart idea. You've got such a good idea in doing that. And, and I was kind of proud of myself and pleased with myself to say, yes, it was such a great idea to, to try to raise ducks. And, and so 
I, I left Washington, D.C., and I headed up here, and within about, I don't know, three weeks of moving up here full-time, I had my first um, batch of ducklings arrive. They were they came from a hatchery that was actually out in California. It was one of those weird situations where I thought I bought it through one hatchery that was in uh, somewhere in the Midwest, but it turned out they subcontracted their order out to another hatchery that was out in California, so... I had, um, you know, 41 ducks or 41 ducklings shipped in the mail from California to here in northern Vermont. I think they were born on a Monday and they arrived early on a Wednesday morning. They were fine. They were not damaged in, in the transit and travel and, and everybody was looking healthy and happy. And it was such an exciting first day, that first day when, you know, I'm taking the ducklings out of the box and I'm showing them how to drink water, and I'm showing them how to eat food, and I'm setting them up in this brooder that I spent an entire weekend constructing in our, our milk cooler room in the barn. And it was just amazing to me because, look, this was the first moment that I had life on the farm, livestock on the farm, farm animals here on the farm that were our own. Um, up until that point, the only thing that we'd been doing on the farm had been raising trees. And while trees are really important and trees are things that will far outlive me, on this farm, they're not very entertaining and they're not very engaging. And uh, it, it was sort of one of those struggles. And, and so to have these animals, these farm animals on the farm, it meant like it was like breathing life into the farm. And it was such a great feeling when those ducklings arrived. And for the first couple weeks of having ducklings, everything went pretty much to plan. They were a little messier than I thought. They splashed water everywhere and you know, it was hard to actually keep them dry and clean. But overall, my duck rearing abilities were, were seeming, to, seeming to prove out. You know, I hadn't lost a single bird and I was expecting a, at least a couple of losses because, you know, baby birds have a tendency to die for a whole myriad of reasons. But every single one of my ducks survived and I, I was really excited by that fact. And I was really kind of proud of myself almost. I, I remember almost bragging about it in a YouTube video at one point of, yep, haven't lost a duck yet and don't plan to either. And I think it was shortly after I made that video that I, I remember going to a, a party here in Peachum, Vermont. It was a, you know, like a Saturday and hanging out with a whole bunch of friends and relaxing, enjoying the beautiful July Vermont weather. And I came home and came to actually go check on the ducklings. They were about four weeks old at that point. I just put them outside and I found one of the ducks face down dead in the water dish. And I didn't know why. I didn't know if it had drowned. I didn't know if it had gotten sick. I didn't know if something had happened. It was just there and it was just dead. And it was tough. You know, I, I, I was really so hoping to have every single one of those ducks survive all the way through but, you know, death came knocking and uh, I lost that duck. But then the next morning when I went out there to check on the ducklings, uh, I'd lost another one. And there were several of the ducklings that were now looking really sick. They were looking weak and limp. Um, Allison noticed one or two of them having a seizure. And I didn't know what this mystery illness was. But here I was with like, you know, four or five week old ducklings and I was losing them left and right. And over the span of, gosh, I want to say it was like about four, five days, um, I lost a total of 13 ducklings. I put down a couple that were in such rough shape that I knew that they weren't going to make it. 
I had several others just turn up dead. And I was very, very worried and scared for many more that were not looking healthy. But after that five-day stretch, they sort of turned a corner. And, you know, I'd, I'd lost a bunch, but the, the remainder were, were looking pretty good and they were looking pretty healthy. And so, so it ended up being a total of 13 casualties. But we, we made progress and we pushed on and the ducks got healthy again and everybody was doing fine and they were growing like crazy and, and getting bigger and everything was going great. And, and it really was a triumph with those ducks. I mean, they were the first farm animals I'd ever taken care of and to have everything going so well and to have it all sort of seem like it was clicking in place. And yeah, I'd hit a speed bump with the, the ducks that got sick and I still didn't know what that mystery illness was. I didn't know if it was maybe some sort of form of botulism or maybe it was some sort of form of pneumonia or maybe it was just some sort of weird uh, uh, infection from like black flies. There were a host of reasons. I was foolish enough not to save any of the bodies and send them off for testing. And so I never actually quite knew the answer, but I'd gotten past it. And I had ducks that grew up and grew up well. And come October, I ended up uh, selecting most of the males and uh, butchering them here on the farm. So, so we ended up butchering another 13 ducks, all drakes. Um, you know, when you keep ducks, it's important to make sure you have a good ratio of males to females. The, uh, the act of duck mating can be, can be really aggressive on the females and they can get really banged up. And if you have too many males in your flock, um, you can really injure and harm your, your, your female ducks. And so you got to keep a balance in place because we primarily raised the ducks for eggs. We wanted to make sure that we were doing it responsibly. And so that meant carrying all the females forward, but calling off most of the males. We kept two males, our, our two drakes who are still with us today, Mundungus Fletcher and Yellowneck as the, the two ducks that we carried forward. And then the, the rest of the males, they, they all got often sent to the freezer. You know, I had a, a couple of friends show up here on the farm one morning we, you know, worked quickly and, and together to um, butcher them, pluck them, bag them, freeze them, get them all ready and prepped. And it was a pretty good operation and, and it, everything went really well. And, and it was tough, though, at the same time, because, again, these were these tiny little baby ducks that I remember taking out of the box from the post office and putting them in their brooder and teaching them how to drink and teaching them how to eat. And here I was you know, the taker of life. It was tough when they were dying from disease, but it was even tougher when it was my hand personally doing the, the offing. But I kind of realized that that was their purpose. I mean, that's why we had them on the farm in the first place. And if I was going to be a responsible farmer and if I was going to really take care of things the right way, I needed to step up and do this. And I don't think I'm going to always butcher my animals here on the farm, but I felt like for this first time, it was really important to do it myself. Uh, it was important to do it myself because passing off a job like that to others meant like I wasn't really taking responsibility. And so, so that's why I felt like it was so important to do it here on the farm. And we got through it. After, after the butchering, you know, I enjoyed eating the ducks and it was fine and everything was good. We sold some, we ate some, things were good. And it, it was just continued, continuing the routine of, of taking care of the ducks. We ended up getting our first eggs from the ducks at the end of November. 
Um, my friend Lindsay, she actually gave me this suggestion that would get your ducks laying eggs. Uh, she told me to feed them kitten chow. And, and lo and behold, after feeding the ducks kitten chow for like three days, they started laying. It was kind of incredible. Um, my theory is that it was the extra protein in the kitten chow that, that stimulated their system and, and had them start laying. And they laid pretty regularly throughout the winter. And in the winter, taking care of the ducks was tough. Um, you know, I'm trudging through, you know, deep snow and ice, carrying out buckets of water by hand. Um, by February, our uh, frost-free hydrant out in the barn had frozen, and I was having to get water from the house and carry it all the way out to the duck house, which is a couple hundred yards away. Um, yet, at the same time, I was doing fine with it. The exercise was good for me kept me active and we ultimately got through the winter. I was really worried with how the ducks would do. I mean, we had times when temperatures would get down between negative 30 below and I had the ducks out in this sort of semi-permeable former hay shed that I'd insulated with bales of straw and hay, but the ducks did pretty darn good. I mean, they would splash in the water whenever I poured fresh water for them. They were happy as could be. They were fine. Um, I just had a competition to see if I could get to the eggs before they'd freeze. That was like one of the hardest things about the winter. But all in all, the winter wasn't too bad, and I got into a very good rhythm with the ducks. And I was really looking forward to the spring. I had big plans of hatching out all sorts of ducklings, hatching them out by incubator, hatching them out naturally. I was excited to expand my flock. I was so ready to go. I was so pumped for this. And it was actually on April 15th. It was a Saturday morning, I believe. And I don't know, I could probably go back and look at a calendar and tell me that I have my dates wrong. But I remember it was mid-April and it was a Saturday morning. That Those two facts are absolute. I think it was April 15th. And I went out to go, you know, take care of the ducks and let them out in the morning like I did every morning. And I noticed that they were dead silent when I walked up to the duck house. And I was sort of a little bit nervous because usually when I'm walking up to the duck house, I can hear them quacking and rasping and you know getting ready to go outside and you can just hear the excitement but it was completely silent and I walked up to the duck house and I actually looked in through the window of the duck house and I could see Samuel and Jemima Puddle Duck our two uh, Pekin ducks that we have the white ones and I could see them covered in blood and my heart just went through the bottom of my boots. I was shocked. And, and I looked in there and I could see a couple of other ducks and they looked injured. I quickly opened the door to check on them and they had been attacked. There was an animal that had gotten in there and had just, you know, savaged them. They just were, were in rough shape. I was missing one duck and I couldn't find it for a while. The rest of them were looking in really, really rough shape. Um, and I was just shell-shocked. Um, I ended up finding the missing duck. It was dead behind a hay bale. I uh, got the ducks outside. Allison and I administered medical attention to them. We tried to clean their wounds and, and try to wash them off. They were just looking horrible. I mean, you can go back on our YouTube channel and see videos of it. You can even see videos of me right as I'm realizing what happened. And it was just, it was traumatic. I got to admit I thought the, the, the trials and tribulations with 
the um, you know mystery illness were tough. This was ten times tougher. This was ten times tougher than the butchering. This was ten times tougher than the illness, because this was me being stupid. Somehow, some predator broke into the duck house, and it was all my fault. And I just couldn't forgive myself because I was supposed to be the caretaker and the one watching out for these animals, and I felt like a complete failure. Um, that night, I, I did the best I could to refortify the duck house and try to cover over every little entrance and every little nook and cranny that an animal could have gotten into. I still didn't know what type of animal I was dealing with. I set up traps around the duck house. I set up some trail cameras around the duck house. I was ready for it. I you know, went out and did a couple patrols in the middle of the night to check on things. And when I got out there the next morning... It was uh, a couple more ducks dead. Um, it was it was two more dead ducks, plus uh, a couple more that were very very seriously injured. A lot of the other ducks were re-injured again. They were not looking good. I had trapped a skunk, um, but when I went to watch the uh, trail camera footage, it wasn't just the skunk. There was also a mink that had broken into the duck house, and that had been the the perpetrator. And that was the one. That was creating all the violence and killing my ducks. And it was tough. I, I lost several ducks in that incident. I had a couple more I had to put down later. Um, I had this one duck that hung around for a really long time, like a couple of months. And, and I actually just found her dead uh, a couple weeks ago. She was attacked by some sort of, I think, hawk or something. But I think the only reason she was even attacked was she was still sort of a weak duck from all of her injuries from the mink. And it was just, it was a tough situation to have that much death on the farm. It wasn't something I was mentally ready for at all. It forced me to totally rethink my game plan with the ducks. I realized that I had to build a new duck house, which I'm in the middle of building right now. It meant I had to really think about potentially getting a, a guard dog, which I'm still thinking about right now. And uh, it just, it shifted everything for us here on the farm. As I got through that incident, though, things went back to normal. You know, we, we got some geese here on the farm and having the new life on the farm with the baby geese and the goslings, I should say, um, kind of reinvigorated me and, and sort of got me back in the swing of things and the swing of farming. Because there was a point when after the mink attack, I felt like maybe I should just give up on this whole livestock thing. Maybe it's not for you, dude. And uh, but I pushed through and, and kind of stuck with my plan of raising the geese this year. And that's been awesome. That's been really rewarding. Knock on uh, wood. Um, they are doing really well right now. I've got a, actually a slaughter date for the geese in September. And, and things are looking good there. And the other thing that I've been doing for like the last month or so has been I've been trying to have the, the ducks naturally hatch ducklings. I, you know, I had a couple of ducklings that were here on the farm that I had given some eggs to uh, the local school and the school kids hatched out the eggs. And then I took the ducklings back in and we, we brooded them here. But um, I, I really wanted to try having the, the ducks hatch their own eggs. Khaki Campbells are not known as a breed that are good mothers, but I felt like if I tried to create the right conditions, I could maybe get them to hatch and raise their own ducklings. And <sighs> right now it's happening. And it's kind of incredible to me, to be perfectly frank. I, I didn't think it would necessarily work, but it's it's been this incredible experience going out there in the morning and seeing new life inside that duck house. And it, it's been exciting to see the next generation of ducks be born right here on the farm. 
And and I guess that gets to my broader point with why I've I've gone on this whole lecture about dying and raising ducks. Um, in that so much of farm life I'm finding is this striking of a balance between life and death. There is life that gets created with all the baby animals and new lives and new livestock and new um, things that you create and grow. But then there's also death when it comes to harvest and when it comes to dealing with problems and things not going right because they never do. And and I think one of the things that, that for folks who are out there thinking about you know, starting a homestead or starting a farm, one of the things to consider is, or at least get comfortable with, is can you balance that life and death? Because it's going to be such a regular part of the experience on a homestead or on a farm. And it was one of those things that when I was looking at all of this, I was completely not ready or equipped to handle. But as I've been doing it now for, I don't know, a little bit over a year, almost a year and a half, I, I kind of feel like it's one of the most important fundamental lessons I've learned in this time period. So think about that. Think about how you can balance life and death, recognize that they are two sides to the same coin and recognize that they are a major part of the farm experience. And uh, yeah, <laughs> keep that in mind. So that, that's been my story for today. I hope you guys enjoyed this episode. If you have questions, uh, shoot me an email at goldshawfarm at gmail.com. Uh, or if you have feedback on this episode, if you don't like hearing me ramble and you'd rather us just have guests, let me know. I'm still trying to work out the format of this podcast, but I've been enjoying doing these every once in a while. And so I hope you guys enjoy it too. Also, if you guys are really curious about um, kind of some of the events that I described in this uh, little story, I have a whole bunch of YouTube videos that actually capture little moments throughout this. And so I'll leave a bunch of those links uh, down in the show notes today. So for example, the, the rash of ducks getting sick, the battles with the mink, um, the ducklings for showing up here on the farm. I mean, all of those things are, are stuff that's captured on a YouTube channel. And so I'll leave links to those videos down below in the show notes today. And just be sure to check out our, our, our YouTube channel. It's a Goldshaw Farm. Um, you know, usually the stories that we're telling on this podcast are focused on others. But if you're curious about what's happened in our place, be sure to check that out. And so with that, I will um, actually turn things over to my good friend, Keith Pierce, who I'm excited to see here in Vermont this upcoming weekend, and have Mr. Keith Pierce please play our theme song. Thanks. It's got a soul, this hero farm, it falls asleep inside my arms. We work the fields under the stars, the love is here at Goldshaw Farms. City life, yeah, had its charms But we would dream of the fields under the stars I fall asleep inside its arms The love is here at Goldshaw Farms The love is here at Goldshaw Farms